Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. What what drew you to making a clothing line based or like I'm, I'm assuming it's to donate or help with charities or other organizations yeah. with mental health? Yeah, so I started this actually, it was, I was like, I want to start a clothing brand, was how it started. And I struggled with, this was about a year ago, I struggled with like trying to figure out what my niche was for it. And I was like, I don't know what I really want to brand it around. At first it was like for influencers and then just certain things that have happened in my life. And like we're talking about the war in El Salvador, how my parents have gone through it. And yes, they struggle with some mental health issues. So it's something that I hold dear to my heart. So it's like, I want to be able to provide um, a brand that represents those. And then especially right now with Simone Biles, yeah. with that right. whole Olympic where she pulled out because it was she was taking care of her mental health mm -hmm. it's been a topic that a lot of people have different opinions on um so i just want to be that brand that helps represent those individuals that struggle with mental health issues um that feel like they have no one to speak to and just want to build more awareness around that So welcome back to the show. Today we have a very special guest. He's actually the newest member of our team. He's going to be our social media manager. He's an awesome guy hailing from Washington. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ricky Cruz. Sweet. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. By the way, um, I really appreciate you uh, coming on board with us and helping us out with the social media. Um, you know, we had a little conversation a couple of days ago, and I think you're going to be a, an awesome addition to the team. And you also have been following our journey. <laughs> I don't know which episode was the first one you watched, but uh, actually, which which episode was the first one that you caught on to? It was the first. I think it was the first one, the one where you, you start explaining about how you got a position internship with the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And and then since then, you just uh, kind of started watching so a few of them. Just, yep. Just just kept following along, following the journey. Well, I appreciate that a lot, man. We really appreciate you and everything happens for a reason, right? For and sure, here we for are, sure. 49 episodes later, this will be number 49, and uh, you're actually part of the team now. So, Perfect. Yeah, welcome. Glad to be part of the team. Hey, we're <laughs> glad to have you, man. Definitely, um, definitely. And by the way, if you're new to the channel, welcome. We welcome you. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Smash the like button and tap that little notification bell. It really helps us out. So anyways, Ricky, as you know, um, we always like to get to know our guests. Uh, I feel that if the guests, I'm sorry, the, the, if the listeners know your story, where you come from, how you got to where you're at now, they can connect to you a lot better. So did you grow up born and raised in Washington? Yes, I did. So I was born and raised on the east side of Washington in a small town called Tenasket. Um, not many people have heard of it. Uh, Population is probably like 5,000 wow. the most, if anything. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. I've had four sisters and a brother, and my parents own a food truck business over there in Okanagan County called Pablo's Tacos. Shout out to Pablo's Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up there, was there, went to high school, 
and then uh, graduated from their class of 2018 and decided that I wanted to come to the West Side, uh, specifically Seattle Pacific University, just because uh, financial reasons. It was the most reasonable one that I found. So made it myself over here to Seattle and was able to, I'm starting to get my degree in business marketing. Um, so that's what I'm doing currently. And then on top of that, doing other internships as well. Um, specifically sports is the route I want to go get into. That's how I started following you guys and your journey was because Isaac, you're the first video. I'm pretty sure you're talking about internships and how you got one with the Oakland Raiders. Literally, I searched how to get my foot in the door in the NFL because that's where I want to end up. And your video popped up. And like you say, everything happens for a reason. And now I am here after sending you, you guys a DM through Instagram, telling you guys that I would love to be a part of the team. And now we are here. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty crazy. Um, you know, because from my story, back then, uh, Instagram did not exist. Uh, I don't even think yeah. Facebook existed. <laughs> um, DMs didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> it was snail mail and email right so yeah um i it's really crazy to think how much easier it is for people to get into contact with you know organizations or companies through like a dm or you know uh, social media so it definitely um it, it's changed a lot but in the end i guess the principle is the same someone taking yeah. initiative and taking action to reach out right and let them yeah. know, hey, I'm interested. Uh, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. Uh, if there's any opportunity for me, uh, you know, let me know. And 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 that's how it happened. So I mentioned here, you're from uh, what was the name of the, the Tenas Tenasket? Yeah, Tenasket. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. you know, um, I've been to Wenatchee. Is that near okay. Tenasket? Yeah. So that's like I want to say two hours south of Tenasket. Okay. Is it is it is that town like one of those uh, really high Native American population towns? When uh, when ask it, yeah, Tenasket. Uh, the one right next to it is pretty high population of natives. It's called Omac and Okanagan. Um, but other than that, like Tenasket's predominantly white people. Okay. And a lot of Mexicans as well. Latinos. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, also you mentioned uh, a taco truck, right? Pop, you said Pablo's yeah. Tacos. Yeah so, yeah. so your family still owns that, that truck. They do. Actually, my, my parents immigrated back to the U.S. back in the 80s. Um, and obviously, immigrating from El Salvador, they were working in like slow jobs like janitors and factories just trying to make ends meet. And then time passed and they eventually made it to Washington. They wanted to open their food truck business. They started it off in California, but and then decided it made more sense to move up to Washington. Okay. And then we, they did that and now it's still up and running like I think 30 plus years now. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's a long time. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I take it you worked in the truck when you were young. For sure. <laughs> Do you have any interesting stories uh, growing up working in the truck? I mean, it's just a lot of customer service. Mm -hmm. I feel like that job, like working as a cashier pretty much and helping cook, it was a big part of my life. 
I feel like it has molded me into who I am to be professional when reaching out to people like with you guys or just in work in general, just because obviously you will have those customers where you're just like, what the heck? (laughs) It's just like kind of just everybody had everybody, anybody that's worked in customer service has a story to tell. Definitely. Yeah, you met some Karens and some Kevins every now and then. (laughs) Them Karens always get you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's cool so actually uh you mentioned uh working so a couple things uh first of all entrepreneurship right um yeah. what i do love about immigrants because my father immigrated from mexico as well and what i do love about immigrants i think your dog loves that too right is that <laughs> is that uh um they always have that entrepreneurial mindset because if you come from a different country um especially a small town like where my father came from, there is no jobs. There is no Apple. There is no Microsoft. There is no, you know, Coca-Cola. It's pretty much you either have your own store or your own trade or your own business, or you're working in the fields or in the the mountains where it's not fun work. Right. So that's first and foremost. Do you feel like that's kind of instilled like an entrepreneurial spirit in you somehow? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you get to see, the struggles of owning your own business. You get to see what it takes to maintain your reputation with the business. Um, my father, he he started taking me with him, like selling food to, like you said, like immigrant workers in the orchards. Um, we were selling food. I was like going with him 7 a.m. my weekend when I was eight. Wow. Like that's how early I started going with him. Uh, Obviously, back then I hated it. No, no kid wants to wake up at seven a.m. on their weekends. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but it it was. Now that I'm older, I'm super grateful for it. Just because, like you said, it has instilled that entrepreneurial mindset and like personality, and seeing the struggles they've gone through and the amount of work they put in. To me, now, like pretty much anything is possible. It's just a matter of you want it. If you want to like put in that work, it'll eventually come to you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and the other thing you mentioned is people skills, right? Yeah, because yeah. Um, obviously, you know, my it reminds me a little bit of my father. Uh, he his mother owned a grocery store in Mexico. And he was put at the cashier. Somehow it's always the kids that are, it's weird. They're handling the money, right? right? It's funny. (laughs) I don't know how that is. Here, kids, you handle the money, right? Uh, But it puts you into contact with many different personalities, many different people. And like you said, it's customer service, right? Like no matter what, the customer has to be right. So did it kind of teach you like how to deal with different types of personalities? Yeah, I mean... Just like I said, when you're in customer service, you'll have people that are just like pain in the ass and then excuse my language. Or if you have like somebody that's super nice and gentle and it's just like you have to adapt to those personalities quickly because like you never know the person, how their day is going. You never know like what they're going through as well. So not taking anything too personally because like sometimes people come up to you and just start going off on you even though you're not the problem but you're just the person that just got the you're in the the bad end of the stick yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so that 
just being able to adapt to different personalities and be able to mold the conversation um, in a way that benefits that conversation just because we're all different, we're all unique. So being able to have the conversation that uh, not many people have, just like being able to try to understand their lives and have that personal connection through customer service. Wow. That's a lot to learn at a young age. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think, yeah. about, <laughs> think about it like that. But the way my mind works, if someone was mean to me, I would 100% take it personally. I'd be like, oh, I ruined their day. You know, <laughs> but that's really interesting. Sure. You know, you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. It's been good. It's been a learning process, obviously. Like, you just go, like, there's been times where I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> why is this going right, on? Right, like, what and did like, I do? I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just, like, want to go off on them. But <laughs> it's just, like, you got to bite your tongue. And then I come home and to my girlfriend, I, I rant. I'm like, this is what happened to me today. <laughs> but, yeah. So your family's from, so you're El Salvadorian. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know El Salvador has a long history of, war and gang violence and all that kind of stuff but actually now you guys have this pretty cool president who just accepted bitcoin as like a, yeah. a national thing <laughs> so did your parents flee like the war and all that kind of stuff going on uh, like in the 80s yeah. yeah 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 they fleed um they were they didn't know each other they met my parents met when they were in la but they both are from El salvador um my mom's side of the family, uh, they immigrated to LA and so did my dad, but they have good stories, but obviously like the war and all that, it's just, it's going to be tough mm -hmm. on individuals, especially when you're in your youth or teenage years, you're going through all of that. It's yeah. just tough. hundred percent. Have you been yeah. to El Salvador? I have not, but hopefully in the near future, I am able to visit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. And now is probably the better time, too. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and I heard this. I don't know if you know, but I heard the president is uh, like a, of Arab or Middle Eastern descent, but he was born and raised in El Salvador. Is that true? I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. I haven't done my research on that. Yeah. But I did see the whole Bitcoin thing. I have invested a little in Doge. Okay. So <laughs> the, the dog. Yeah. yeah, Doge. <laughs> nice. And you said that you want to go more in the sports direction. So what kind of brought you to like what do you love about sports like what brought you to that direction i mean question. i used to play sports throughout my whole life starting at age five i was put into little league soccer okay and then little league wrestling and then as well as little league football so just throughout my life i was that consistency i feel like um and that leadership just having like the thought that I could control control something and it could lead to a really great outcome if I were to put in that work. So just throughout my youth and as I got older into high school and became more competitive and competing more competitively, it was just a part of my life that I felt like I was called for. And I felt like that it would be a fun job to have in the future and I think a lot of people say it um, that um, if you find something that you love you're not going to be working a day in your life so yeah. to me that is such a big thing to live by definitely
So you played soccer, wrestling, football. Um, yeah. By the way, those are, like you said, uh, wrestling, I think, is one of the best things, uh, you know, anybody can do, especially like a, a, a young man, because it kind of gives you like self-defense techniques. It kind of gives you that competition. And then soccer, obviously, is a big thing, big thing with Latin America. Um, which sport was the best? Like, which one were you the best at or which one was your favorite? And which one did you go farthest in or was it all three? I think the one that I love the best would be football. Um, just having, I started off at a young age as quarterback. Oh, okay. And from there, I just kept growing into it. And high school started for my varsity team, even though it was a small school, I was able to start. And then I somehow, I was going to go to college. And then you have the cliche story that get hurt get injured and it just didn't go and I was just like I knew my potential and I was like I'm not to the standard of making it to the NFL and I want to be able to walk when I'm older so right. <laughs> yeah let, let's save my knees and let's just go focus on academics and work okay so yeah that's what I did no I said that makes sense um you know I played baseball growing up because I grew up in the 90s obviously um, but I tried football, I hurt my back. I was never any good anyways. So like my Rudy attempt ended <laughs> before it even started. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like, uh, but then I figured like you, I said, Hey, what's the next best thing is, to, is to work in sports. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's where the whole Raiders internship came from. Like, and by the way, I really love sharing that story because I mean, it's so rare to go from the street straight into the NFL and not just that into op football operations, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to share that with everybody, like, you know, young gentlemen like yourself or even ladies too. It's like, I just want to show them that, I mean, it, even though it's maybe not that possible, uh, probable, it's very possible, you know? Like you said, if you put in the work, if you believe, if you get in contact with the right people, you never know who your story can fall, yeah. whose ears they could fall on. And, yeah, uh, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that, I mean, like I said, that clip is still the number one clip <laughs> on the whole channel to date, right? Uh, thousands of views. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just trying to share some story, some achievement. One of these things called an impossibility goal that I was able to do at a young age of 18 with other young old. doesn't matter how old you are, actually, because I yeah. remember when I was an intern, there was a 40 year old guy there. So it was yeah. weird because most interns are young, by the way. And that's a tip. Yeah. When sports teams look for interns, they look usually for young people. Yeah, I got a fresh out of college or around that age. I actually had an internship at NBC Sports Bay Area. Yeah, so yeah. it's funny that we've all worked in sports at some point. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, right? Everything yeah. happens for a reason, right? Um, and so, yeah, but then they, sometimes they'll have an older gentleman or a lady there. And, you know, but for them, it's kind of like their last hurrah. Yeah. You know like, I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. So football was your favorite. Um, so you're now looking to work in, in football. Yeah, um, right now I eventually my end goal is uh, NFL marketing. Okay, that's just been what I've been wanting to do ever since I figured out that I wanted to get into marketing. Um, so it's just a lot of it's gonna take time, just building those connections and building those that network, um, putting yourself out there. It's been a big thing for me, just because I feel like if you're in a room. No one's gonna find you. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta figure out 100%. how you can make a presence on like 
the internet and social media because people nowadays are searching names and yeah. that's how they find you. Yeah, especially in like a field like that when it comes to like high market, stuff like that. It's A lot of it's kind of like who you know, like in the industry. And then like they'll kind of help the big, oh, I remember that guy. He seems like he might be good for that role because it's for like even like it's like kind of like film and that kind of industry. It's like is who you know, like it's all. I mean, obviously it has to do with your talent. But so a lot of it's kind of like, who do you know in that industry that can help give you that one little help up there? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Um, because, you know, like I said, to go from Cold Street to, to where, where where I went is super difficult. But in the end, it was still who I knew because somehow my letter got on the uh, desk of the general manager. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time, the GM was Bruce Allen. and he's the He's the president of the Washington Redskins now, I believe. But at the time, he was the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. And um, I wrote a letter and I sent it to Al Davis, to Bruce Allen, oh <laughs> to John gosh. Gruden. Like, literally, that's how Everyone. crazy I was. Yeah. But I was like, I don't even care. Like, and this is a tip for every, anybody out there. Who cares? Right. If they don't respond, that's the worst that can happen. But what if? Like, what if it ends up on the desk of the GM? You know what I mean? And fate and destiny intervenes. And. I remember, I still remember the day I got an email from Bruce Allen and I'm sitting there on AOL, right? <laughs> and I, I was expecting like a sticker, like, thank you for being from the secretary, right. like, thanks for being a fan, right? And I get this email and it says, Bruce Allen, and it's like, thank you for your love and passion in the Oakland Raiders. Our person, <clears throat> excuse me, our personnel staff is reviewing some of your suggestions I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, I'm 18 years no. old. I get my information from ESPN.com. Right. And I was like, and it's like, we feel <clears throat> that 11 draft picks. I still remember it like verbatim <laughs> and free agency will help us get better. But you know what I what 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 hit me instantly? I was like, I have Bruce Allen's email. There you go. I was like, <laughs> like literally I would come home every single day. I would spend hours trying to make the most the most intelligent sounding email i could from my resources which was newspaper at the time and espn.com and i would write him sometimes six seven emails a day oh my gosh yeah like i don't think he knew that <laughs> what was gonna happen you right? know what i mean like i don't think he expected this crazy kid to be just not harassing but like just being super persistent yeah right? <laughs> yeah and <sighs> successful people they know certain qualities someone needs to have for them to give them their time does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I think that persistency he was either shocked or impressed or both but like and you heard the story but i'll just say it again from those emails and he was he was like corresponding with me it wasn't like a paragraph but it'd be like yes no, <laughs> we got somebody today. Like he was communicating with me, right? And after about, I'd say two months of me harassing him, Bruce, if you hear this, how's it going? <laughs> hey, I'm still, I still want to get back in the NFL. Now I have the time. So if you want to give me a, you know, a little <laughs> gig, I'll take an unpaid internship with the Redskins and I'll bring all my friends with me. <laughs> um, anyways, just kidding. Not really. But um, he called my house. He called my house. And I remember I was bringing in the groceries from Costco with my parents. <laughs> and then my sister answers the phone. And I'm 18. So he's 40. At the, he was my age at the time. He was 41. Wow. Actually, he was younger than me. Um, 
And my sister's like, there's some old dude on the phone for you. You know how young kids are. Forty's <laughs> old. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I'm like, hello? He's like, Isaac? I'm like, yes. He's like, Isaac Estrada? I'm like, yes. He's like, this is Bruce Allen. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and anyways, he's like, you know what? I want to know what you're all about. He's like, can you come down to training camp and interview with me? And I was like, well, hold on. Let me check my calendar. Taking it out of the cellophane. <laughs> Just kidding, right? <laughs> no, but, but anyways, that's how it happened. Like, that is a true story. You know what I mean? But it was yeah. because of persistency, belief, mm-hmm. um, like hard work, like passion, like drive. So I want to share this with everybody just to know like, hey, OK, it might not be that possible, probable, but it, everything is possible. Right. Yeah. But in the end, it is like Jessica said, it is really in that industry. It's, it's really who, you know, because when I got in there, everybody had an uncle, a cousin, yep. a brother, a friend who worked there already. But here's the funny thing. My guy was the GM. Yep. So he's technically the guy that got me in. And that's like the second highest guy next to the owner. Right. So even though I was like this guy who didn't know anybody and it was it was kind of a weird experience. Right. Because everybody else knew somebody there. They all kind of like they were really like they didn't really have fear of losing their opportunity. It was there for them if they wanted it. Right. Mm hmm. I just wanted it so bad and I was scared to lose it. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause I knew yeah. how, how, how much work I put in to get it. And it literally took me about a year of just harassing them to <laughs> get it. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I just want to share that with people um, and let's let them know that, Hey, um, follow your dreams, man. Like, and it might take some time. It might take some work. Um, it might seem like it's not going to happen. And it literally, it seemed like it wasn't going to happen all the way to the end. Like right. even when I got the final call. So I got the final call. Um, I would say I got the final call. I started messaging Bruce in January. I think I got the final call in uh, July or August from Mark Ortega, who what at the time was the administrative assistant to head coach John Gruden. And I remember he called me and I had been emailing him for three months with no response, Mm -hmm. like zero response. Imagine that. Like how persistent could somebody be not hearing anything, but still just keep going, right? Calling, emailing. And I get the phone call and it's always like this, by the way, I don't know if it was with the Raiders. So any of of you guys getting in sports, this is how the call goes. Isaac. Yes. Isaac Estrada. Yes. This is Mark Ortega. Hi, <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, you know what? I just want to apologize for not getting back to you sooner. I literally shuffled through hundreds and thousands of applications. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't get it. He's going he's gonna to let me down softly, right? He's like, I got, I got people with master's degrees. He's like, I got former NFL players. He's like, it's a tough decision because we only have seven spots to fill. So I was like, all right, well, it was, it was a good try, <laughs> right? He's like, but you know what? He's like, you've been the most persistent applicant I've ever had. And (laughs) I've been here for 12 years. (laughs) He's like, and I can hear the passion in your voice. He's like, so I'm going to give you a shot. He said, show up to camp July 17th. So July 17th, 1999, probably about a year or a little less than a year after I I sent that three page letter ripping the team. I got my first internship with the Oakland Raiders at like 18 years old so, nice. or 19 years old. So anyways, I share that with you. I know you heard it again. I want to share with everybody else who hasn't seen the first clip just because 
it just makes me happy to see young young people like yourself and like Jessica who are pursuing it. Um, and if I could just share that experience and give you maybe some hope, maybe some excitement, maybe a little bit of input and help you get there, then that that's an awesome thing. Yeah, definitely. What part? So you want to do NFL marketing? What what what's like your dream? Like what would you be doing within that kind of um, position? Yeah, um, obviously marketing. There's so many different departments. I actually have been doing an internship that's focused around branding and sponsoring. Uh, they're based out of Canada, XOXO Sports. Um, and a funny story, I got this internship with that company as well through a DM on Instagram. Nice. I messaged her and was like, hey, like, I see your company. Like, I want to see if you want to see my resume and I want to give you a hand, like, be like an intern. I just want to get some experience. And Luckily, she messaged me back, and now I'm doing the internship with her. But the branding and sponsoring side of things and helping athletes um, gain sponsors has caught my interest because it helps them build their brand. And that, to me, is super awesome because building one's brand is like everybody has a brand, no matter who you are. It's just a matter of endorsing it and like showing people what you are about, what you do, what you love. And like Isaac said, who cares what people think? Like at the bottom, the bottom line, like you can't make everybody happy. So just be happy with who you are and just show it off to the people. And there's gonna be a percentage of people that are really happy who you are and love who you are. So they're gonna show your support, but you can't make everybody happy at all. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. And um, I honestly think the the career path you want to take, which is marketing, is a lot easier than the football operations side to get into. Yeah. So um, anybody who wants to get on the business side of things, that is more like resume, experience, and uh, how well you do the job. Mm-hmm. On the football side of things, that is the good old boy network still yep. to this day. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with it. That's just how it is. And people, once they get those jobs, they never leave. And don't let go. Yeah, yeah I think they, they either pass away or retire when yep. they're done, you know? Because <laughs> there, there's a couple guys that got hired the same year because the group, when I, it was the seven interns that, that I was with, uh, I believe three or four of them got hired full time and they're still in the NFL to this day. And that was 1999. So the year I was born. Yeah. So the year you were born. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So the year you were born, they've been working there ever since. Right. Dang, yeah. So. So, yeah, those are, you know, those are amazing jobs. And uh, I would, you know, I wish you the best. And hopefully this podcast will help you. Yeah. get some exposure out there and, and, and get noticed so yeah um and so i feel like um branding and sponsorship has is like very important for athletes too because some athletes it's like if you get hurt and then like you're done right so it's important for them to find other ways to make money or just you know keep that income coming in so that's a very interesting um route to take yes for sure for sure yeah and like you mentioned Everybody does have their brand. Like, yeah. regardless if you're famous or not, when you walk out that door, however you look, however you dress, however you carry yourself, that's your brand. I mean, 
people a lot of people go oh i don't like sales i don't like marketing i go excuse me <laughs> like <laughs> you're marketing yourself every single day <laughs> you know billboard <laughs> yeah like you're trying to find a significant other trying to find a job trying to find a career trying to you know just have people treat you a certain way it's all exactly. it's your brand it's your personal brand and I remember when I was young, uh, my father used to always tell me, hey, Isaac, you know, it's just human nature, but people are going to judge you by how you look. They don't know who you are, so they're going to instantly judge you by how you look. And so he would always teach me I have to dress very nice and just carry myself a certain way just so that I would give myself a little leg up. Right. Yeah. But uh, Jessica mentioned something too: sponsorships and stuff like I mean, there's so many athletes that they become billionaires, not because of their salaries or multi multi deca millionaires. But because of sponsorships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think Michael Jordan only made, like, less than $100 million in his entire career. Maybe, like, $91 million from his salary. But through his brand, the Jordan brand, the sponsorships, he's he's a billionaire, you know? Yeah. And now he, yeah. owns, now he owns a professional basketball team, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, your career path, and if you become really good, and I know you probably will... And what you do, you could be uh, more valuable to an athlete than even their sports career. Mm -hmm. Does that yeah, make sense? Sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So any particular teams or athletes that you would, you know, love to be working with? See, I'm a big Patriots fan. Oh, I okay. get a lot of trash about that because <laughs> I'm here in Seattle. Oh. So, uh, and my girlfriend's, a, her family's a big Seahawks fan. So of course, yeah. You, you obviously, I obviously get my, I get shit talk, talked quite a bit, but it's fun. It's fun to be a Patriots fan and just to see their work ethic. Um, so eventually we'll see, maybe work within the marketing department and help brand sponsor with them as well. Uh, but to me, I'm pretty much open to any NFL team. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I want to get. I want to get that experience. And like you guys say, it's just going to be a matter of being persistent. Yeah. Grind it out in the network. I, yep. I would recommend. Uh, so this is uh, I don't know how I've been so fortunate in the in uh, in sports. But so my internship with the Raiders ended in 2000. Um, but then uh, in 2009, through I took a class on sports management worldwide. Have you heard of them? It's an online sports management. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So I took a course um, to get a sports management certificate, and through the class, one of the teachers was John Wooten. John Wooten is a former NFL player, and he's the president of the Fritz Pollard Association, I believe. And again, because I like to talk and write papers in the <laughs> class, he was so impressed with my story with the Raiders. He said, you know what? I want to give you another opportunity. My friend is Tom Gamble. He's the assistant GM for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to set up an interview for you. <laughs> so in 2009, I'm in the 49ers organization interviewing with Tom Gamble. And uh, I got to watch practice. I think John Harbaugh was the head coach then. And uh, Alex Smith was throwing routes to Michael Crabtree. Um, but at the time, since I had been out of sports for so long, he said, you know what? I really like you, man, but you don't have the experience. Mm. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so he said, what I recommend you do is try to get latch on with a college, a junior college, an indoor football team, anything that is professional or on the route, link on with them and then try to work your way up and get that experience. 
So what I did after that was, um, ironically, I'm on Facebook and my friend posts that there's a brand new indoor football team professional coming to the San Jose and they're looking for interns. And I sent them an email and bam, I got the football operations internship. And I, I was uh, I was working for them for a couple of years until the team folded. That's the one bad thing about indoor yep. sports. Right? The Sabercats? No, it was called the San Jose uh, Wolves. And that was when oh. the Sabercats went out of business for two years. I don't know if I you see. remember. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's another tip for, you know, people out there and for you, mm-hmm. Ricky. Um, there's a lot of indoor football teams that are pro and they have a lot of people who have connections, maybe former NFL players or people that have friends in the NFL or coaches. So if you get in with those, help them, uh, you can easily work your way up and then build your resume and then eventually get into the NFL. Right. Um, so that's another tip right there. Um, yeah. So Patriots. Let's talk about Blip. that. Uh, <laughs> were you uh, were you with your girlfriend for that Super Bowl? The infamous. Oh, yeah, that actually no. A, so oh, okay, I was gonna say <laughs> that would have been a fun yeah, Super Bowl that party. That would have been a very yeah. uh, <laughs> bad night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, me and my girl actually just met a couple years ago here at college. So uh, I was very single when that all that happened. <laughs> so, but yeah, being a Patriots fan ever since I was little, watching them. I remember, I think the first Super Bowl I remember was them in 07 or 08. I think I want to say it's 07. That they, I think they went undefeated, um, if I remember right, and then they lost. Uh, that was the 19 and Doe? <laughs> the yeah, 19 and 1? Uh, yep. It was just, I remember the Giants beating them, and Ugh. I was just like, yeah. I was crying because <laughs> freaking Eli Manning threw that pass, and I, can't, I think, I can't remember the guy's name. But he caught it with like just craziness, and it was just a crazy catch overall. Yeah, but, caught it on his helmet. Yeah, yeah that's so yeah. yeah, so dumb. I forgot, his, catch, so. I forgot his name too. That's Is so it Odell crazy. Beckham or no? No, no, he wasn't even in the league. Right? It was uh, something Nelson. Bird or something. I, yeah, I can't remember. But ever since then, just kept up with the Patriots, and I jumped on. I guess you could say on the bandwagon at the perfect time, but never left because. They were good for like many years, and then just these last couple of years, they've been a little. It's been a little tough, but obviously, if you're a fan, you got to stick with them even through the hard times. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said that was 2007, and you're born. I think it was. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. You're only like eight, so I wouldn't say that you were a bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's your team, right? Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, being a Raiders fan, uh, it was really hard to like Tom Brady and the Patriots for a long time because sports is the weirdest thing. But I don't know if you remember the snow job when yeah, Charles Woodson. Yeah, the tuck rule, mm-hmm. uh, which is anyways. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it was a fumble, but because. Uh, the, yeah. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was the catalyst that set the Patriots onto their dynasty of the next 20 years. And that set the Raiders into a spiral of futility for uh, probably till now, to this day. I mean, they had maybe like two good seasons uh, under Jack Del Rio a couple years ago when Carr was starting to become like a good quarterback. Then he snaps his leg and he hasn't been the same ever since, you know. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you believe in this and but, you know, a lot of sports fans believe in superstitions and I believe in energy and des- and like I feel like that moment in time, because if we would have beat the Patriots, um, we would have I, I pretty much guarantee we would have won the Super Bowl that year. 
Um, but it didn't happen. We lose. The Raiders just go on a spiral. And the Patriots obviously do what they did the last 20 years, you know. And, uh, you know, now I have mad respect for Tom Brady because that guy is the epitome of a winner. Regardless of what you say, he's the GOAT in my opinion. I mean, he's got more Super Bowl rings than every NFL franchise that ever existed in in time, you know. So uh, he's the GOAT. And um, obviously it proved something when he left the Patriots and yep. the Patriots kind of you know, their first bad season in 20 years and he goes and wins the Super Bowl with the brand new team. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, as a Patriots fan, you, I mean, you guys had one bad season in the last, right. You know, 20 plus years. So I don't think you should be too upset about (laughs) that. (laughs) You don't even know what it's like to be like a a Raiders fan. I'm a Sharks fan and they haven't won one championship in their entire like lifetime of their team so i'm struggling i'm on the struggle bus yeah and the sharks is you know i grew up in san jose the sharks is even worse not worse but it's because they always are so good in the regular yep. season like they're always the like the best or one of the best teams during the regular season but when it comes to the playoffs i don't know what happens it's, it's just like gets, it's bad it's yeah. bad injuries and then they underperform and it's just like heartbreak every year yeah that's pretty crazy right <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you know, uh, you're working right now. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on right now, uh, as far as the marketing. Right now, uh, I am currently doing two internships, um, working with XOXO Sports, and then as well as working with a company called Ford Sports Performance on their marketing and business development team. Um, for Ford Sports, it's a company that works with high school, college, and NFL athletes. That it's like a training facility, a training facility um so we work out with the best athletes here in washington in high school and just train them until they start getting offers in college um i do know like a couple of kids just accidentally went to the university of oregon the other day and they do like those visits help them get recruited so it's been a great experience for me to see those steps that an NFL player goes through before they're in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Um, and other than that, working as event security with the Mariners as well. Um, just got that job, just applying and being persistent and actually building a connection through a friend that went to the same college I'm going to and just sticking with it. And it's been great to learn more about baseball because I wasn't, very aware about baseball and didn't know the ins and outs of it. And then on top of that, I like, we were talking about the entrepreneurial mindset and personality. I have actually tried to start, I'm starting my clothing brand right here, Generation of Change, which is gonna be focused on mental health is what I'm trying to brand it around. So that's in the works, it's been in the works for a while, but I feel like now I've just had the time to put the content that is needed for that and then just teaching myself a bunch of marketing digital marketing stuff and starting my own like trying to brand myself and learning youtube and just anything social media wise nice what what drew you to making a clothing line based or like i'm I'm assuming it's to donate or help with charities or other organizations with mental health yeah, so I started this actually, it was, I was like, I want to start a clothing brand, was how it started. And 
I struggled with, this was about a year ago. I struggled with like trying to figure out what my niche was for it. And I was like, I don't know what I really want to brand it around. At first it was like for influencers and then just certain things that have happened in my life. And like, we we're talking about the war in El Salvador, how my parents have gone through it. And yes, they struggle with some mental health issues. So it's something that I hold dear to my heart. So it's like, I want to be able to provide um, a brand that represents those. And then especially right now with Simone Biles, yeah. with that right. whole Olympic where she pulled out because it was she was taking care of her mental health. Mm-hmm. It's been a topic that a lot of people have different opinions on. Um, so I just want to be that brand that helps represent those individuals that struggle with mental health issues um, that feel like they have no one to speak to and just want to build more awareness around that topic. Definitely. I feel like um, now the newer generations are kind of more accepting when it comes to mental health and like trying to figure out what's wrong that's going on. I know like my mom's generation, she's had a battled like depression her entire life. And back when she was young, they were like, you have nothing to be sad about. Like, what do you like grow up, get over it? Like that kind of attitude. So I think the attitude has really shifted um, with our generations. I know like Simone Biles and even um, uh, tennis player Osaka, she was even getting, because she bowed out of one of the tennis, the interviews, I think, because she she was like over it. She's like, I want to take, like, I'm not going to be interviewed for my mental health. I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, So then I know people are still like, like, get over it. You're an athlete. Like, just compete, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's really interesting to see the different, um, you know, reactions to people saying like, hey, I want to take care of myself before I injure myself kind of attitude. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It, it's also, um, so I come from the generation that Jess was talking about, <laughs> where they're like, what's wrong with you? Stop being a this and you're just, you're whatever, get over it. Um, but I can also speak to, um, that's not a good thing because if it was some type of mental health issue and you're just told get over it, you can deal with it. It doesn't go away. Maybe gets worse. Right. Yeah. And then it kind of shows up later in life when you don't want it to, you know what I mean? When maybe yeah. if um, we were allowed to deal with it or we thought it was okay, uh, might've been better off. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, you mentioned Simone Biles, like, you know, there's too many armchair quarterbacks or couch potatoes that think they know what they're talking about. But imagine, I mean, I don't even know what it's like to be, I mean, I don't know how old is she held this. Do you guys know? She's pretty young. She's right? in her, I would say 20, maybe around there. Like, yeah. So she's very young. Right. Um, yeah. And she's arguably the best, greatest gymnast ever or of this generation. Definitely. And then come to find out she was sexually abused by this, the doctor. And, yep. you know, I mean, her whole story imagine i mean shoot when i was 20 i could barely deal with i don't know what you know what i mean imagine having to deal with the weight of the united states on your shoulders and exactly. then having yeah. to deal with being you know sexually abused and, and then, then having to like be the you know the one in the spotlight for all that you know yeah yeah and stuff and then she's flipping her body in the air like if she doesn't feel <laughs> confident she could really she could break her yeah. neck or do some serious damage for real. so for real. yeah so i think that's a really cool um like brand idea that you have is there any like thing you want to do like do with it when it comes to like the clothing like what 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 do you want to do with the clothing and mental health is there like just i think right now my big thing is just building 
that brand reputation and awareness to individuals. Um, being able to, if somebody sees the logo, automatically think um, generation of change. Um, and just like supporting mental health. Just because, like I said, it's something that I hold dear to my heart. And I think it's gonna, like it's going to take some time. It's going to take um, quite a bit of uh, marketing. Um, so that's just what I want to do with it. Um, hopefully in the future, we'll have people wearing it and we'll be partnered and sponsored by different uh, organizations uh, that focus on mental health as well. Um, having, even if it's like athletes or influencers that are very big into the topic as well. Um, so that's something that I want to eventually get down into, but it's going to take obviously some time and some work and marketing my clothing brand. Maybe you should send Simone Biles a little DM <laughs> and tell her that you want right? to uh, <laughs> help her out and send her some stuff. I don't know if you guys saw Justin Bieber posted a, a big post about her. Told her he was proud of her. Nice. That he did, that no a lot of people don't realize and understand um, what it's like to be. In, he went through some issues himself. He mm-hmm. canceled his like uh, yeah. two thirds of his tour because he just couldn't handle it. He needed to take a break for himself. And yeah. um, those might be two very powerful little influencers for you there. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, yeah. Just keep oh, messaging this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. message them for months and months and yeah. months. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you send them a letter. Nobody does that anymore. <laughs> For real. That might actually reach someone more. Yeah. They're like, what's this? A letter? Oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those are two two very prominent figures. Uh, I think Bieber has, I don't know, what is it? A hundred plus million followers on Instagram. You know, Simone's in the spotlight right now with the world. I mean, all it takes is one. And, uh, you know, if you, you want to make some change, I think you got a great a great name a great mm-hmm. name for the brand right and uh, i saw the logo it's actually pretty cool so um yeah man i'll do we'll do whatever we can <laughs> to help you out you know <laughs> perfect thank you yeah man you just got to reach out to as many people as possible and whoever uh responds is kind of the door that gets opened up yeah um but uh, so um the clothing line anything else that you're working on right now um other than that now just working um trying to build my experience um, marketing. So eventually when I build my resume and apply it an NFL job or something, it'll catch somebody's eye. Yeah. Um, and where do you see yourself uh, doing with the bliss seekers? Like, well, you know, where do you see this going and, and where do you want to take us? Yeah. <laughs> I could see, I think what you, from what you have told me and where you want to take this, I could see this a long term and helping you guys build that fan base and build your guys' brand for what you guys are. I find that very fun and interesting. Um, And then just building that audience and then providing that audience with the information that helps them and benefits them as well and however they want it to benefit them. So this will be a fun experience for me and I hope for all of us um, to build your guys' Uh, brand to what you guys want to you're a part of it now too so yeah there you go right um that's cool man um i have a question for you uh what does following your bliss mean to you following my bliss i feel like it's just finding happiness within myself um 
like we've been talking throughout this. Um, you can't make everybody happy. Mm-mm. And as much as we want to do that, it's not going to happen. You'll always have somebody that is either unhappy with themselves and will try to bring you down and just having that happiness within yourself and being happy with who you are and always finding what you want to strive for and reaching your goals and just sticking to that grind and motivating yourself and just reaching your dreams and goals. Cause at the end of the day, no matter what it is, it's possible. It's just, if you, you got to believe it yourself, because if you don't believe it, how can you have somebody else support you? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I think that was perfect. I think that's a good way to kind of wrap this up. Uh, Jessica, do you have any last words? Um, I mean, I'm just excited to start working with you and seeing what you are going to do with our social media. I'm excited to see what you're going to add to the team and see what you're going to do. Yeah. And me too. Um, I'm truly a believer in uh, the law of attraction, manifestation, um, setting a big vision. It, it, you know, and sometimes you set this big vision and even you don't even believe it. You're like, <laughs> how the hell is this going to happen? Right. Cause obviously we want, we're, we're going to have 250 million subscribers. We're going to be the number one podcast in the world. And we want to move the needle to help more people break the mold of just doing what their friends and their family and their society and their school, whatever it says, and to actually truly find what they were put on this earth to do and, and live it and do it. Right. But sometimes you kind of go like, wow, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big goal, right? (laughs) But what I learned through previous mentors and through experiences, you just got to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep pursuing it and keep putting in the work. And then one day you get that phone call from Bruce Allen. One day, one day you got 250 million subscribers and you're like, man, that was crazy, right? Suck it, Joe Rogan. Yeah, there you go, right? (laughs) One day you're bigger than Joe Rogan. By the way, I love you, Joe. Uh, But, you know, our goal is to be the number one podcast in the world. And, um, you know, and just we because it's not really about us. It's about the impact that we're going to make. Definitely. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited to have you on board. I'm excited for you to continue your career in sports. I love seeing people win. I love seeing people be successful. I love linking up with like-minded people. Like we all love sports here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just can't wait uh, to to see it all come to fruition. And, and you know, it's not really about the destination. Uh, and I want to share that with you guys. It's about the journey. It's about the work you put in. It's about the experiences you have. Because if you get there, you're not just going to be like, oh, I'm happy all of a sudden, right? Yeah. It's like, it's the journey to get there, you know? It's yeah. all the experiences. It's the good and the bad. And um, and yeah, you know, uh, we'll all be following our bliss as we are now and continue to do so. And I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being on the show. Any last words? That, any last words that you have for uh, all the YouTube world out there? Mm-hmm. Just thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be a part of the team and hopefully we can build you guys' brand to, or our brand to where we want to get it. Um, yeah, if you guys want to learn more about Generation of Change, uh, generationofchange.net. Um, as well, if you guys are ever in Okanagan County, go visit Pablo's Tacos. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Some bomb tacos. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, thank you guys. Yeah. And we'll leave everything in the description below.